0: This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN radio. And welcome to the best show on your radio. It is Freddie and Harry with my man, Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Cohen. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Thanks for joining us on the ESPN app, SiriusXM X and Channel 80. And always, 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 always play your smart speaker to play ESPN radio. Keep weighing in. If you have not been able to get through because it's busy, please keep trying because we want to get to your calls at 888 3776 on this Valentine's Day The moment you fell in love with your team. We want to hear from you at 888-729-3776. We have not forgotten about the news of the day involving the parade, involving the Kansas City Chiefs, celebrating another world championship, their third championship in the last five years. But then a shooting happened at that parade. One dead, multiple hurt in a shooting. According to reports, Harry, they already have two suspects in custody. But it's getting to the point that (laughs) we can't go anywhere anymore without something or someone jumping off with nonsense like this.
1: Yeah, I'm praying for everyone that's involved um, in this whole ordeal, this nonsense of an act. And man, we, we just gotta be better, Freddie. Absolutely. Across the board, right? Because I didn't fear anything until I had kids. Because some things you just can't control. Yeah, And these are people's kids, family members, friends, you know, that are injured, one deceased right now yeah but in the most the most sacred places that we believed growing up that people can be schools churches grocery Mm -hmm. store movie theater parades concerts right now i I don't feel too confident in 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 going
0: yeah it's understandable it's understandable whether you're a parent like we are or you're not a parent it can be very very tempting to say maybe i'll just sit this one out because the mayor of kansas city he said he wanted to bring his kids but decided not to at the last second for reasons that no one should quibble or even criticize him for. Stacy Grays, the police chief of the Kansas City Police Department, she had plenty of praise for the first responders responding very quickly in this tragic situation and also explain exactly what Kansas City is all about. This
2: is not Kansas City. I'm angered by what happened, but I want you to know that the Kansas City, Missouri Police Department and all the law enforcement officers that were there today, that were serving and protecting, did the best that they could, and I'm so proud of them that they ran into danger getting two people into custody and at the same time rendering life-sustaining aid to those victims. We were here for a safe celebration. And because of two bad actors or more is why we're standing here today. We will recover as a city.
0: I still don't understand why you felt the need to bring any kind of weaponry to a parade celebrating what your team did in and for your city. That is never, ever going to register with me. Not at
1: all. Praying for the victims. No doubt. uh, And their families, man, because, you know, stuff like this is hard to imagine. You don't want to imagine it. And you hate when people are injured, and we already know someone's lost their life. So that's it's just senseless.
0: Yeah, we'll continue to monitor this situation, provide updates when we have them. By the way, if you want full coverage, it's right now happening on ESPN part of SportsCenter. Freddie and Harry, Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance, making it easy to save money. When you bundle your auto policy with home condo or renters, you'll earn a multi-policy discount. It's easy to bundle and it's easy to save. So visit Progressive.com. We go back to on the field when it comes to the National Football League. And in honor of LeBron James, because the Golden State Warriors at the NBA trading deadline They went to the Lakers and said, that LeBron guy, if you don't want to pay $51.4 million if he exercises option to stay there, we could be interested in putting together a little something-something that could have him be traded here. LeBron and the Lakers said, no. So that's a what if. What if he and Steph Curry were on the same team not being involved in the Olympics? So in honor of that, we're going to do a little NFL what if. We bring in Shannon Penn, our producer. He'll throw what if scenarios at us. And we're going to have some fun with that right now on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
3: All right, Freddie, we'll start right off the top with one of your two teams. What if the New York Jets never traded for Aaron Rodgers, Freddie?
0: <laughs> if if they never, yeah, if they never traded for Aaron Rodgers, the Jets would have been horrible with Zach Wilson as their quarterback, and they were terrible as it was anyway. If the Jets had never traded for him. I can't – I shudder to think what 2023 looked like because I saw it look like without him after the first four plays in which he had an Achilles injury and it knocked him out for the season. If the Jets had never traded for him, there would have been a mutiny at the feet of Zach Wilson long before October hit for the New York Jets.
1: Yeah, I think if they would, would have never traded for Aaron Rodgers, I mean, there would have been no hope mm-hmm. for the New York Jets fan base. Mm-hmm. At least with Aaron Rodgers, you had some kind of hope, and then that hope ended four plays into the season. But it, it would have never been hope from the start of the season or the offseason. It would have been no damn coverage of the New York Jets. Uh, people wouldn't have been hyped. Greeny wouldn't have been hyped. Oh, boy. Freddie, you wouldn't have been a little bit of, uh, of excited. Yeah, I wouldn't. It, it, just, it just, just
3: wouldn't have happened.
0: Mm-hmm. You ain't lying. No lies detected.
3: <laughs> All right, Harry, what if the Kansas City Chiefs had re-signed Tyreek Hill? Ooh, If they
1: would have resigned Tyreek Hill, I think you probably would have seen some other players fall off for the Kansas City Chiefs because of the cap hit. Mm -hmm. But I still think they would have been right there in the thick of things because you have the cheetah, the guy who's the fastest in the National Football League, making dynamic plays and explosive plays for the Miami Dolphins. So they would have been right where they are right now, in my opinion, the last two years.
0: Yeah, they would have still won two championships, but they would not have had Chris Jones, which meant that Kansas City would have been a team outscoring people. And we would not have seen the offensive struggles they had in 2023 that they were able to overcome and get to the Super Bowl and win the Super Bowl. But that would have been a price to pay. If you decide to keep Tyreek Hill at those prices, they would not have had money for like a Chris Jones or somebody else. So that defense could have been affected. But that offense would have been so fantastic, it might not have mattered when it was all said and done, had the Cheetah stayed in Kansas City and not migrated southeast to Miami. All
3: right, Freddie, what if Trey Lance never gets hurt? What happened with Brock Purdy?
0: I think Brock Purdy would have been in the lineup anyway because Trey Lance would have been out there, and he might not have been good enough, as we've seen from Kyle Shanahan. If it ain't working out. We talk about Bill Belichick being a cold brother. and Kyle Shanahan went to that school when it came to he's not working. This is not working out. It's not to my standards. So even if Trey Lance had never gotten hurt, Brock Purdy probably would have been in that lineup at a certain point because Trey Lance might not have been good enough for San Francisco to be the team that we've seen the last couple of years.
1: That's exactly how I feel at some point. Uh, I feel Trey Lance wouldn't have been able to hold up his end of the bargain based on the offense, getting the football out quick, uh, being precise within your reads, uh, being able to be accurate and having that touch that you need as well at the quarterback position and throwing with anticipation. So Kyle Shanahan would have went to Brock Purdy at, at some point. So that's how I feel. All
3: right, Harry, what if the Chicago Bears had kept the first overall pick in last year's draft?
1: Ooh, The suspense. Uh, We call this after-tunk. While you're playing cards, you're playing tunk, uh-huh. and somebody wins, right? Yeah. And you look at your head. Man, you had the king and the queen. Man, shut up. All that damn after-tunk. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> yeah. I didn't want the money. Exactly. But I'm, I'm going to suggest that they would have drafted C.J. Stroud, and their quarterback issues <laughs> ah. would no longer be.
3: Wait, wait, wait. So they draft Stroud. Uh-huh. So then what happens with Justin Fields? They would have traded Justin Fields.
1: To Atlanta. Ah! We make the playoffs and I'm not upset at this moment. Ah, ah, hometown kid, back to Atlanta,
0: baby. Go birds. I'm surprised. I'm, I'm surprised took 30 seconds for you to get to that conclusion. <laughs> I thought for sure within the first minute he asked that question, within 10 seconds, that's where you would have taken us, down the corner of Falcons Boulevard and Atlanta Avenue. I'm surprised it took 30 seconds for you to take us there.
1: Would have won the NFC South, would have made the playoffs, and how the Eagles Mm -hmm. ended up playing would have had a nice first-round win. Oh, you talk about Mm -hmm. having the upper hand on the entire show crew. Man, that would have been great to have, but but, it
0: didn't happen. It didn't happen, but what he said, that's what would have happened. Justin Fields would have been with the Atlanta Falcons, (laughs) what he said as far as that goes.
3: All right, last one, Freddie. What if Tom Brady never left the Patriots?
0: They would have won at least one more Super Bowl, in my opinion. Certain guys just have it. Believe me, Tampa Bay would not have been able to win that Super Bowl because New England might have kept Kansas City out of there and gotten to it. He would have won at least one more Super Bowl with that football team before he would have gone off into the sunset and about to make over $37.5 million from Fox to be their number one color analyst when it comes to football 2024. They would have gotten at least one more championship. In New England. Harry,
1: you think Bill Belichick will still be the head coach today? That's why I was going. Bill Belichick would still be the head coach of the New yes, England Patriots would. if Tom Brady was <laughs> still yes, there.
0: He would. There's no doubt about that. There would not be any requiem for Bill Belichick. He'd be going, you know, um, we don't have Tom Brady and we're going to do the best we can. And uh, we believe that in the players we have here and that we'll be able to go on. And, and uh, But Bill, uh, is
1: Tom getting too old for your team?
0: Well, you know, he's, he's a great player and, you know, we, we got to make the. Um, best decisions for the organization. Well, what right? about t-
1: what, what about Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson and all these young guys? You still don't think he's too old for your team? Those guys are, are,
0: are great players, and you know we have a, a lot of respect for them. But at the same time, we're going to make the best decisions for this organization and
3: this team. All right, we got a bonus what if. Okay. What if Bill Belichick went to the Saints? Hit it. Go, Bill B, go. Go,
1: Bill B, go, Bill B, go. Go, Bill B, go, Bill B, go. Eat the beignets, Bill B, beignets. Eat the beignets. Eat the beignets. Go get some. Go get some (laughs) shrimp. Cajun, that is, Bill B. Go, Bill B, go, Bill B, go. Go, Bill B, go, Bill B, go. He'll be right there at Mardi Gras. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I
0: just love when, um, when people back that thing up and when we get to the stadium and everybody just saying, go, Bill B, go, Bill B, go. You know, it's it's good to have that support. Well, Coach, how are you going to adapt to when they when they say woody to you? We'll just have to um back that thing up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, I love this show. Absolutely. Co-sign on that one. Harry Douglas, Freddie Coleman together. We hope that you love this show as much as we do on Freddie and Harry and ESPN Radio, the ESPN app. Serious X and Channel 80. And always tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. And it is a love day. It is Valentine's Day. It happens every every February 14th. So we need to talk about the love when it comes to you. The moment you fell in love with your team. If you're a fan of more than one team, you can give them some love as well. But tell us the moment you fell in love with your team at 888-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Magic Mike in San Antonio, what you got, my friend?
4: Hey, guys. uh, Appreciate taking my call. Um, I just wanted to tell you that when I fell in love with Purdue Boilermakers, in 1967, I was a junior in high school, and our coach – took us up to Lafayette for the inaugural game between UCLA and Purdue. I watched Rick Mount go across the top of the key, pull up for his patented jumper. Out comes a kid named Lou Alcindor to block his shot, and in midair, Mount flipped the ball from his right hand to his left hand and got nothing but net. That right there did it for me, and I've been a Boilermaker fan all these years.
0: And, yes, this year is our year. Yeah, I, I hope so because Zach Eady is going to be National Player of the Year. He is tremendous, and he's expanded his game. And I love your two guards that really do a great job organizing things. But, by the way, Mackey Arena, one of the underrated places to watch college basketball game. Never been. Oh, if you go to West Lafayette, Indiana, just the way it sits like an amphitheater. With the basketball court and the seats above it a little bit, the crowd is right on top of you. It's a really, really cool place to watch a basketball game at Mackey Arena in West Lafayette, Indiana, where Purdue Basketball is.
1: Maybe one day Freddie Coleman will take me. (laughs)
0: Yeah. Well, sure, we can do, we should do like a basketball tour. Like every week, and go like go to the Palestra outside of Philadelphia. Go to Mackey Arena. Go to you know Fog Allen Fieldhouse. Go to Rupp in Lexington. Oh yeah, we may have to make that the Fred and Harry tour. We have to. Yeah, we
1: won't go to Rupp.
0: That's right. You 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 have to go to Louisville. We can go to KFC Yum Center. We'll go to KFC Yum. Yeah, you can go there. I'll go to Rupp.
1: You go to yours, and I'll go to mine.
0: As far as that goes. Speaking of Mike, that's a different kind of Mike. He lives in New Jersey. Mike, tell us the moment you fell in love with your team.
5: Gentlemen, uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you and our Thank prayers with the people in Kansas City. Amen. I fell in love with the original Browns as my dad was one of the first black reporters in the press box doing a story every home game for Jim Brown. And that's only half the story because my mother's sister dated the great running back, Marion Motley. What? Who also... Uh, influenced Branch Rickey, as we're in Black History Month, to bring up Jackie Robinson. Uh, It is one of the great NFL championship games. The score was nothing, nothing at halftime, and the Browns upset the Don Shula uh, Colts 27 to nothing.
0: Wow. Mike, who's your dad, by the way, if you don't mind me asking? Because that's a pioneer right there. Who's your dad?
5: Uh, My dad uh, served in the Ohio National Guard. He was George Dunmore and his uncle uh, was the first black member on the Chrysler board, Albert Dunmore. He's in the Afro-American uh, Journalism Hall of Fame. Freddie, and it's a pleasure to talk to you. Oh, you're wow. one of the great sports voices. I put you in the same category as the late Vin Scully.
0: Oh, you, M- Mike in New Jersey, you're too kind, number one. Number two, I'm not anywhere near that orbit when it comes to Vince. Scully. He's one of my personal favorites of all time. But, man, that, how about that from Mike in New Jersey? That's pretty uh, damn cool. That's Pardon
1: massive. Pardon my language. That is massive.
0: Because I'm a historian. I love stuff like that. And, and just hearing somebody covering the Cleveland Browns, their last NFL championship in 1964, Don Stewart was the head coach of the Colts. And he's right. It was 0-0, that game being played in Cleveland. Then in the second half, they just beat the fool out of the Baltimore Colts, winning it 27 nothing, And that's the last NFL championship for the Cleveland Browns man, that's, that, that, that's so cool, man. That's amazing. Wow, that's tremendous. I got goosebumps thinking about that. I've lost for words right now. It, and, and, which, is <laughs> which is rare for that, you. Which is rare for you. That is hard for me. That is tremendous. Mike in New Jersey, thank you so much for that. Jason in Minnesota, tell us the moment you fell in love with your team.
4: Man, I was really hoping I wasn't following that guy. How do I follow that guy? <laughs> um, <laughs> guys uh i mean as, as a as a person who loves history i could listen to a guy like that talk all day Amen. um hey just real quick before i share what i want to share just some family business between the three of us um i was on a call last week with you guys and i was supposed to come on and my wife was sick and i was helping her out and i accidentally hung up on you guys and wanted to apologize
0: no don't apologize um, you're good that man. was on me no 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 no. He... <laughs> your,
4: i just i know your time is eyeball i know i know that uh Harry gets upset when people don't show up, so I wanted to clear the air.
0: Okay, I'm glad um, you did. But how's your wife? How's your wife, by the way? That's the most important thing.
4: Oh, she, she, she's good. She's good. good. It's just you know feeling run down. Good. Um, good. Second thing. Second thing. You say you're the best show on radio, and and the numbers don't lie. Last week it took me 155 dials to get through. <laughs> 155 dials. Numbers don't lie. You guys are killing it. Appreciate you. what you're doing. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. Thank you.
4: Appreciate it. Last Thank thing. I grew up in I grew up in Cincinnati, and uh, diehard Bengals fan, Reds fan. I remember uh, God has a sense of humor. He gave me a wife that's a 49ers fan, so two Super Bowl losses there. But uh, as a Reds fan, diehard, I was born in '74. Okay. And even though I was a baby, I could still tell you the starting lineup for the Big Red Machine. Um, wow. And uh, that's just that's just the city, right? Um, but growing up, I I had the I was fortunate enough to see Johnny Bench behind the plate. Uh, I remember Pete Rose coming back to the Reds, Mm -hmm. and I was always a fan, but the thing that really cemented it, and I'm still mad at my mom to this day, it was a Wednesday night when Pete Rose broke Ty Cobb's record. And I know it was a Wednesday night because I had friends going to the game. I wasn't allowed to go to the game. I couldn't even stay home to watch it on TV because my mom made me go to church service. And I have not forgiven it to this day, Uh, but uh, that was a memory for me. Remember when Pete broke Cobb's record. But now we have Ellie, and it's exciting to be a Reds fan again. Yeah, Ellie
1: DeLaCruz, like he's he's someone that has really cemented himself in Major League Baseball, and he's brought fun back to the game of baseball as well up there in Cincinnati. And, man, that doggone – Wednesday night church service. It'll show get you, won't it? Yeah. yeah. It it could be revival. It could be during Christmas.
0: It don't matter. When it's time to go to church, you either show up or you're going to get touched out as far as that goes. I'm glad you mentioned about Dela Cruz because he's an NFL strong safety playing baseball. You need to see guys like that built like that, having fun like that, especially in a historic city like Cincinnati Mm -hmm. with that Reds organization because Jason mentioned it about the big red machine, Joe Morgan, Pete Rose, George Foster, Dave Concepcion, all those guys that, even as a Mets fan, I love watching Cincinnati when the big red machine was doing their thing. That's one of the great baseball teams. That team from 75 and 76, one of the all-time great baseball teams in the history of Major League Baseball.
1: Right, and, and he's an all-around player too, right? Oh, absolutely, not, yeah. He's just not good at one thing or two things. Yep. He's an all-around baseball player, yep. in which is always a thing of beauty to be able to see.
0: Yeah, he's no one-trick pony. and He's only getting nope. started when it comes to Ella Dela Cruz in Cincinnati. Justin in Massachusetts, tell us the moment you fell in love with your team.
6: So I've been a Bills fan my whole life. And I owe that. I'm forty-three years old and I owe that to my dad. When I was living in the Chicago area, my dad got me into being a Bills fan. They were just starting to get good. We're originally from Western New York. Mm-hmm. And I started watching them when they were on TV. They were going then they started going to their four straight Super Bowls. I was in fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, having to suffer through that and crying after all four of their losses. But I've, I, owe, I owe my entire Bills fandom to my dad. I've slept on concrete for Bills tickets. <laughs> I used to work at Bills training camp. And my we live um, in Norfolk, Massachusetts, which is 10 minutes from Gillette Stadium. When we had the billboard three years ago, my wife announced her pregnancy with our twins below the Bills billboard. Wow. I mean, at our wedding, we danced a shout four times um i broke the glass we're jewish and i smashed a Patriots (laughs) ornament inside my bills hat (laughs) Uh, it's just like and i wish something and you know and also thank you guys for having me on Um, i was listening i'm like i've got to talk about this it's just i wish i didn't care sometimes i teach where doug flutie went to high school you're talking about history i'm a history teacher and i teach where doug flutie went to high school i have just been a fan my whole life, I owe that to my dad. It's just kind of my first Bills game, mm-hmm. or my first, I have pictures of me in a Bills onesie. And <laughs> like I said, I, I, I don't even know. I, I have just, I haven't jumped through a table yet, but, um. and now with three young kids under the age of six, I can't do it. <laughs>
1: um, but, um,
6: yeah, I mean, oh, I listened to Chris Berman when he was a big Bills fan. Right? I had idolized those guys growing up.
0: Man, that's tremendous. Christine Lisi is our Bills fan here, our Sports mm-hmm. Center anchor goddess. When was the first moment that you fell in love with that Bills team?
7: First of all, Justin, you are my people. Yes. I'm going to say this, and I am, uh, am old. Um, no, you're not. I remember the Bills were bad when I was young, mm-hmm. <laughs> and they weren't on TV a lot. Mm-hmm. So I listened to the radio. I listened to the Immortal Van Miller. So Bills Mafia will know who I'm talking about. WGR
0: so 550 AM. Yes, exactly. exactly. Mm-hmm. And
7: um, Roland Hooks. Caught a Hail Mary from Joe Ferguson, and we won the game. And I think Lou Riddick's uh, brother Rob was on that team, too. It was a long time ago, but I just remember running around the house screaming and yelling because um, it was just so exciting. And I'm I'm a fan because of my dad, too, because just real quick, even when the Bills were awful, Mm -hmm. like my dad... Listened all day. We would start with the pregame. Listen all day, yeah. and no matter what other game was on TV, and that always that loyalty always stayed with me. And That's we're tremendous. gonna get ours.
0: That's tremendous. I love stories like that. She, she brought a name from the past, Joe Ferguson. We're talking about in the '70s with Joe Ferguson, Bills O.J. Mafia. Simpson, a running back in those guys. Joe doesn't have a lure. One of, a
1: kind. One of a They kind They Bills really Mafia. are.
0: They really are. Although the Bills first broke my heart as a Jets fan when they beat my Jets in a playoff game. Richard Todd was driving down the field in the rain and everything. My girlfriend had just broken up with me that day, so I was not happy, and then that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it was an awful, awful December. Double whammy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Billy Simpson, exactly. Billy Simpson, exactly. Believe me, it was an awful, awful day for a 15-year-old Freddie Coleman back then. Keep weighing in at 888 espn 888 Tell us the moment you fell in love with your team. We got a lot of great stories. As a matter of fact, we're going to find out from Shannon Penn. When did he fall in love with his team? You heard from Devin King, one of our producers, being a Giants fan the first time he fell in love back in 2001, even though they got slaughtered in the Super Bowl by the Baltimore Ravens. Harry does an Atlanta Falcons fan, always growing up in Atlanta, becoming a fan of that team. And, and, but he became a Hawks fan because he loves basketball. For me, the New York Jets, and Joe named in those white and green uniforms. Tell us the moment you fell in love with your team, 888 729 Your calls are next on Freddie and Harry, and this
8: is ESPN Radio. The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
0: It is a Freddie and Harry Valentine's Day edition of the Wednesday groove presented by Progressive Insurance. He's Harry Douglas. I'm Freddie Coleman. Thanks for joining us on Sirius X and Channel 80. And I always tell you a smart speaker to play ESPN radio. By the way, for a job you'll love, visit Progressive.com slash careers. That is Progressive.com slash careers. Tell us the moment you fell in love with your team. It is Valentine's Day. Everybody should either be giving love or receiving love, but just being all over the place. When it comes to L-O-V-E, let us know right now on the Freddie Harry call line at 888-ESPN. That two nine three seven seven six. Tell us the moment you fell in love with your team. But Shannon Penn of our Four Horsemen group when it comes to Harry Douglas, me, Devin Kane, The three of us, Devin, Harry, me, we've given the moment that we fell in love with our teams. So Shannon Penn, the floor is yours. Tell us the moment you fell in love with your team.
3: For me, it was a bit of a courtship, actually. Okay, um, this ought to be good. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it, it involves courtship. the New York Knicks, of course. Okay. And and growing up, my Uncle Glenn, who was the most influential person in my life yeah. with sport. like I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for my Uncle Glenn. Okay. And huge Knicks fan, huge Bernard King fan. Oh. My mother went to Fort Hamilton with Albert King, Bernard's nice, brother. Nice, yeah. So big, big Knicks, big Knicks energy in my family. Okay. And uh, But growing up, it's the 80s. I'm a Jordan fan like every other kid. Like, it's Michael Jordan, it's got to be the shoes. Money, got to be the shoes. Mars Blackman, (laughs) the whole nine. I had a pair of cement Jordan Forrest. I was right there. But then I kept watching, like, who is this team in the blue that keeps losing? Like, who is this dude (laughs) in the flat top, the tall Jamaican dude in the flat top, Uh who keeps losing? Uh So anyway, I I kept an eye on the Knicks, but I'm still like, I'm not a Bulls fan. Don't get me wrong, I'm not a Bulls fan, but I was a Jordan fan. And then you had the 1992 NBA playoffs, Bulls-Knicks yeah. in the Eastern Conference semifinals, oh, and you boy. had the historic moment with Michael Jordan and Xavier McDaniel going nose-to-nose, nose, yes. mm-hmm. ball head-to-ball head. Bleep you, baby. I, I was Bleep in. Bleep you, baby. I was in. At that moment, I was in. And from that moment in 1992, mm-hmm. ride died with the Knicks. Once a Knick, always okay. a Knick. Knicks take big Knicks energy. Yeah. Go, New York. Go, New York. Go.
0: Yeah. They didn't think for a minute because the Knicks beat the Detroit Pistons in the first-round series, and people didn't think the Knicks were going to win that series, so they thought they had no chance against the Chicago Bulls. The Knicks won game one in Chicago, and you'd have thought the world came to a screeching halt in that, so you think, wait a minute, those guys beat us in game one, and it went to a seven-game series that nobody expected. Who, who
1: won that series, Fred?
0: The Bulls won the series. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And, and the Bulls <laughs> would, won the next year, too. And,
0: and, yeah. And, yeah. What
1: are you doing, Harry? And, and that's when you became a
3: Knicks fan? The yeah. heartbreak. The yeah, heartbreak. heartbreak. The like, heartbreak. If I'm like, these dudes aren't scared. Like, John Starks wasn't scared. He was a little out there at times, but he wasn't scared. Yes, some of these other dudes who didn't want to get dunked on by jo- Jordan. Nah, you can't, you're not coming in the middle. Detroit Pistons showed him that. You're going down. Mm-hmm. Whether it was Oakley, whether mm-hmm. it was Mason, some and of those guys, God rest McMahon, his soul. Yep. Xavier McDaniel we had him that one year. Mm-hmm. Dudes weren't scared, man. Mm-hmm. Okay, I got you. I got you. Yeah. I mean, that's understandable yeah. to a
1: certain degree. Yeah. Orange and
3: Blue Skies, let's
0: go. Yeah, believe me. But I'm they, afraid, I'm afraid. they
3: lost that series.
0: Yeah. In seven games, they won. I remember games I there was there.
3: watching that game seven too. I was at. Yeah, uh, it was oh in boy. my apartment. <laughs> oh boy, with, with my mother, uh, my mother's boyfriend at the time, Mister uh-huh. J. We putting up the entertainment center. Uh-huh. That's right, kids. We used to have entertainment centers. Yes. <laughs>
1: Kevin to just gave you a high we five on the course to the anchor <laughs> 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 <laughs>
9: right, now, right now anyone in the age of
0: 25 is going entertainment what TV
6: TV's worth a thousand uh, pounds like
0: we had, a, we had a whole day Easily. planned
3: we went out to Ikea okay. out there across the oh, wow. airport we went and wow. got the entertainment center uh-huh. we're like it's game seven uh-huh. we got a new TV mm-hmm. we got the entertainment center we can yeah. put this thing up yeah. have it ready for the game uh-huh. needless to say the entertainment center never got put
0: up i was gonna say and neither did the knicks in <laughs> game seven these, these youngsters
1: serious. would never understand
0: man right now they're probably people googling entertainment center as we speak <laughs> right now like, what is this thing and what's this rotary phone what is that you know as far as that goes triple eight say espn eight 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 seven two nine three seven seven six. please tell us the moment you fell in love with your team part of the freddie and harry calling line will in wyoming slick will what you got my man
10: so uh, I didn't have very much luck uh, growing up. So I am 25. So I was growing up as a Bronco fan. Okay. And so you can pr- maybe remember the Jake Plummer era. Yes. <laughs> some highs and lows with him, Jake the Snake. And then you got Jay Cutler getting waved bye-bye by <laughs> Philip Rivers, who owned us, and we had to call him Daddy for all those years. <laughs> and then here came the savior we, we thought was Kyle Orton, starting six and zero. And well, Josh McDaniels got. Sh- crapped on the bed, of course, once again, as a head coach. We've right. seen that this year with the Oakland Raiders. Almost cussed and ruined your FCC record there. <laughs> and then uh, then we had this, our savior drafted by the Denver Broncos, Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow time happened. You know, great things came from that season because of him. We host a playoff game, have the Pittsburgh Steelers, and then probably top five favorite Bronco and Demarius Thomas, Caught a ball to walk off the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. Well, in that moment, I said my first cuss word as a middle schooler in front of my grandpa, who was pretty much my father. He's my father figure, helped raise me right. with my mom. And so, me saying my first cuss word and getting a smack on the back of the head, but saying "Hell yeah, let's go Denver! We're <laughs> going to New England. Just get our let's kick the very next week." And my terrific Tom was probably one of my favorite moments in life.
1: First of all, uh-huh. Demarius Thomas, uh, a God friend of mine, man, yeah. rest in peace, baby. Georgia Tech's uh, f- own. Phenomenal human being. Mm-hmm. But that moment was insane because I, I never expected the Denver Broncos to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers in that matchup.
0: Especially when Tim Tebow threw for over 300 yards in that ball mm-hmm. game, It wasn't as if he was just wooing his team. He did that. But he made some throws in that game. There's no doubt that. Tim Tebow will always have that because he's one of the greatest college football players of all time. And people always will, as Tim Tebow Tebow supporters will say, he never got a fair shot. But he can always have that memory of what they did that night in Denver beating the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, man. yeah,
1: Yeah, RC couldn't play in that game.
0: Yeah, he has sickle cell anemia, mm-hmm. and because of the high altitude, yep. he was not allowed medically to play in that game, and he would have been to free safety. He says, if I was in the middle of the field, that ball would have never gotten there. <laughs> to this day, he stands by that and stands on business when it comes to that. Saying, if I was there, there's no way that throw gets into Marys Thomas. Skinny
1: pulse. You yeah, call yeah. it a bang eight.
0: Yeah, exactly. And he was able to get eight his way for a six and mm-hmm. in that ball game. Roger, Louisiana, tells us the moment you fell in love with your team.
11: How y'all doing today, Harry and
0: Freddie? We're good, Roger. How are you, my brother?
11: Good, good. Look, I got some housekeeping right quick. I just want to go to Harry. I just want to tell you I remember taking a picture with you in Jackson, Mississippi at memorial stadium when the issue jaguars played jackson state on last year i just want to give you a shout out that i actually took a picture with you out there nice. but i just want to say that my favorite team growing up is the chicago bears now how i became a bears fan is man one day i'm about uh 1984 85 i'm watching this running back wearing the number 34, strutting down the field, high-stepping, toe tipping. I told my mom, I gotta go get a 34 uniform. Put the Bears uniform on, watch the Bears go to the Super Bowl, do the Super Bowl shuffle. in love with the 85 Bears. But the one thing about it I must say is that I know it must have been meant to be because when I met my wife and I was interviewing her on the telephone, I asked her who her favorite team was and she told me, Chicago Bears. I said, well, baby, you gonna be a keeper. You are gonna be here to stay because it's Bear Down, baby. We gonna be bad for life
1: all right roger roger hang right there hang right there for a second uh-huh. roger how, how old are you roger
11: i am 45 years old
1: so tell me what you know about them Jabol jeans huh
0: I know a lot about them boy. <laughs> <laughs> you know he knows when he hesitated. He wanted to make sure he had his words correct. <laughs> how about oh, a native son of Louisiana becoming a Bears fan, and that's how he meets his wife? Because of Walter Payton, number 34. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's tremendous. Keep weighing in. Triple HSA say ESPN, 888 3776 Tell us the moment you fell in love with your team. We want to hear from you, and your story's been fantastic all day long. Okay, why are you laughing now, Harry Douglas? I
1: just, the, the accent, man, that's why I love down south.
0: Mm-hmm. I, I really am. do,
1: man, because mm-hmm. the accents are so heavy.
0: Yeah, they're heavy, and they're different. Mm -hmm. Louisiana accents are not the same as Georgia, not the same as Alabama, not the same as Tennessee, not the same as Kentucky. You go to different states in the South, they're definitely not the same. Weigh in, 888-729-3776. Tell us why you're a fan of more than one team or the moment you fell in love with your team. And your calls will be heard next on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.
10: The Freddie and Harry Podcast.
0: It is a Valentine Valentine's Day edition of the Wednesday Groovathon, known as Freddie and Harry, with Harry Douglas and Freddie Coleman. Appreciate you joining us on Sirius X and Channel 80, and don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play ESPN Radio. And on this Valentine's Day. We got plenty of great stuff from you regarding, tell us the moment you fell in love with your team on Valentine's Day at 888-ESPN, Normally end the show with in other news, but on today's Valentine's Day, you get a chance to end the show about your moment you fell in love with your team at 888 Christian in Louisiana, what you got for us, Christian?
8: Hey, what's up, man? What's up, my what, man? Well, first, I'm a Saints fan, through and through, black and gold, who that, all day. But when I was a kid, before I knew I was supposed to like the Saints, in the 90s, there wasn't really all that. So, I grew up in foster care. So, all our clothes came from, like, donations and all that. Man, in 1994, I had the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl 28 champion shirt. So... I was a kid, I ain't really watched football, but I knew I had this brand new Bill shirt. They were Super Bowl champs. Mm-hmm. I was fresh. Went to school looking good. Try to find out Danny and win the Super Bowl. They donated the clothes to us that wasn't even the winner. Oh boy. we oh, walk around wearing a Buffalo Bill, nineteen ninety post Super Bowl. I think it was Super Bowl twenty eight
6: oh, man. They ain't even oh, win.
8: Oh man. <laughs>
1: Man.
0: that's
9: cold blooded huh? that is cold blooded chris I
1: gotta ask you this man cause you from New Orleans my my wife's father's yeah, side yeah. is from there man what you know about them Jabot jeans huh
8: oh man I had them Jabot jeans I was looking good
1: you already know <laughs> yeah <laughs> you ain't hard as it seems huh you keep your body clean huh you got a lot of jabal jeans huh
0: <laughs> why am i not surprised that you know that word for word man but... that was
1: this that was the thing back in the day if you was in the south you wore jabal jeans uh-huh. red green black Beige, t- whatever color
0: they were. Yeah, the first you had them. the first time I saw the video from Big Timers, they all had different color Jabot jeans on. Not one had the same color. One had black, one had green, one had red. I think little I think Weezy had purple in that yep, video. They had he the had purple, purple ones too. Had the purple ones too. And I said, I don't know what this is, but that works for them. I don't know if it's gonna work for me, but that's gonna work for them. That's fantastic. D- Speaking of Louisiana, DJ in Louisiana, tell us the moment you fell in love with your team, my friend.
11: Sure luck. I got two teams. I'm going to keep it 100. The Niners and the Saints. You know hear I me? Mean? The Niners for me was watching it with my uncle because I grew up in a bear I'm from New Orleans. Moved to the bear when I was three. And then when I moved back to New Orleans in 96, you know, the Niners was rolling at the time. The Saints was two. Cool, so, you know, I used to always talk about them. But then the Saints drafted this running back from UT named Ricky Williams, who I loved watching in college. And I became a Saints fan. So to this day, when the Niners and the Saints play, I'm a little bipolar cuz I have on my Niners jersey for uh-huh. one quarter, the Saints jersey for the next. Jeremy uh-huh. and uh Harry, I know everything about them. Them uh
6: T's Bowls and Rees. Jermaine you
10: know, on their T's. T's Bowls and, and
6: Rees. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Ain't hard as it seems, huh? You keep your body clean, huh? You got a lot of bowl jeans, huh? <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so
0: weak right now for DJ Louisiana, tease bows and rees. <laughs> but see, th- th- this this that's is why
1: fantastic. I love this show, man. We Amen. here for we here for the people,
0: exactly. No matter
1: yeah. where you're from. Well,
0: the people are here for us. We have to be there for them because if not, no. that's disrespectful. As far as I'm going, that's right. But DJ, that's one of my new favorites right now. Paul on Twitter says. I moved from to Atlanta from Boston in 1998. One month later, friends took me to see those dogs, those Georgia Bulldogs. 6 a.m. arrival for noon kickoff. They tape a bottle of Jack under my shorts. Been in love ever since. <laughs> <laughs> that's how
8: you do it. Absolutely. It, that's how you do the it. The way
0: he was indoctrinated, he was like, that's yeah, right? th- that's my team right there. Jim in South Dakota, tells us the moment you fell in love with your team, brother.
6: Hey, fellas. Great topic today. I love it, and I appreciate getting to chat with you. i got a question for you. Uh How long did it take Jim Harbaugh to beat Ohio State?
0: It took him about four years before he finally beat him the last three years.
6: All right. Probably about the same amount of time as it took my favorite coach, Dr. Tom Osborne, to beat Barry Switzer, Mm -hmm. and for my Nebraska Cornhuskers to uh, Win under the tutelage of Dr. Tom and beat the Sooners. Go Big Red. Yeah. It was 1978. Uh, I was there. Uh, it was homecoming. Someone built a death mobile. <laughs> it looked like it came right from the movie um, Animal House. Animal House.
0: <laughs> <laughs> when someone builds a death mobile, they're serious about beating their rival.
1: Well, shout out to him with Nebraska and Tom Osborne. Yeah, he, he broke my heart at 95 when they beat my Florida Gators out there in Arizona in the Fiesta Bowl.
0: Believe me, Jim will attest to this. In the 80s, when Barry Switzer was getting that going, at Oklahoma, that wishbone, Nebraska fans would dread Thanksgiving weekend because they could not beat Oklahoma until they finally did it that Thanksgiving weekend and able to finally take down mighty, mighty Oklahoma. By the way, big thanks to Shannon Penn and Devin Kane. They came with the topic today. They Tell someone you fell in love with your team, man. So kudos to you guys. They always make this show work with me and Harry. We are very, very blessed that we are the four horsemen together. By the way, thoughts and prayers to those in Kansas City after that tragic event that happened at the parade celebrating the Chiefs winning a Super Bowl championship. Amber and Ian will have more on that next. Thanks for joining us on Freddie and Harry on the mighty ESPN Radio.